father he told me a story when he was young how he wanted to be a lawyer and uh, due to the culture that he was he grew up in uh, in the hood and then also in the church they frowned upon him being a lawyer so he said you know what he decided to be a, a CPA and I think part of that mentality was number one was the slave mentality but it's not just the slave mentality a lot of times that mentality came from when uh, you see lawyers, they felt as though they were always trying to grease, <laughs> grease their palms, uh, you know what I mean? Or uh, they were always there to prosecute and take down uh, our black men, our black women, and our black people. Um, but today, uh, we have a super dope brother. His name is Arenze. He's the opposite of that. He's a brother that, that's bringing uh, wisdom, understanding, knowledge, uh, to our families, to our black families, to our urban families, to our, our families that, that, that need help. Uh, and he's bringing it in a very practical way. And we, we, what we're going to learn today, you need your pad, you need your pen, you need some writing utensils. Uh, if you got your notes, please take it out. You might have to listen to this episode many times. We're talking about partnerships, business partnerships, and this is uh, translatable to every realm of life in relationships. Uh, what does a, a business partnership look like and how can you move forward and win? Not just win in the relationship, but how both of you can win in life and get that money. So this is a super dope episode. Thank you. again um and i i just want to say thank you thank you for listening thank you for turning tuning in um we call this chicken and waffles this is my favorite one of my favorite meals i call it the dynamic duo um and what this uh podcast is really about is uh is about partnership um so so you know so i have one of my 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 one of my good friends one of the he's a super this is this now this guy he's a super dope brother uh, cultured, smart, intelligent. Um, but one of the things that really impresses me about him is that he's family oriented. Um, from the love that he has for for his mom, the love that he has for his his family, his brothers, sisters, um, uh, his wife, and and ultimately uh, his son. Uh, and you know you can't get no better than my brother, uh, uh, Renze. Um, what's going on, man? Peace, bro. How you feeling? Man, I'm good, bro. I'm good, man. You know, taking it day by day, you know, trying to get to your status, man. No, stop it. Stop, <laughs> stop it. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate the, the very kind words you said, too. So I, I really appreciate that. Nah, man. I mean, it's truthful, though. If it if it wasn't the truth, you would, we wouldn't be talking. <laughs> Indeed. You know what I mean? Um, Indeed. Yeah, man. So, um, as, as I was... Uh, sharing like you know you you're a super cultured brother so can you just let people know uh who you are um just arenze just in general like you know how how do you define yourself like you know 
when somebody say Arenze, you know, who 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 is Arenze? And then we're going to, you know, chop it up. Absolutely. So, you know, I, it, it, the, the, the how do you define yourself question is such a, it's, it's a very loaded question because oftentimes when people think about defining themselves, they, they think about their career or, you know, where, where they're positioned in life with their family and all that. And why you define yourself today can be very different than how you define yourself, you know, 10 years from now. Um, but right now, I just consider myself to be somebody who is certainly here trying to reach my apex as an individual, right? Trying to reach my maximum as an individual here on this earth. <clears throat> and for me, that apex looks something like a balancing of having quality family life, you know, um, having a meaningful career that, that I'm actually passionate about that gives me purpose and never forgetting to give back in the process. That That's how I would define a Renze overall right now. Uh, but more specifically, as far as titles and what I'm doing right now, I'm, I'm an attorney, a corporate attorney, primarily in the private equity fund space. So I assist private equity fund managers to establish funds, and I also assist institutional investors in investing in private equity funds. Um, that's my main core in the legal space, though I do do other general corporate work. Apart from that, I am an entrepreneur. I've had two restaurants with my brother. I've, you know, I've invested in real estate. I currently actually have a real estate fund uh, with a number of investors in the uh, across a couple of different state lines, actually. And we just actually uh, secured an investment just last week, which is beautiful. I've been trying to do this thing for the past 10, 11 months. You know, things are slowing me down a little bit, but uh, <laughs> but we got there and we got a nice investment coming up. So I do have an investment fund, and I'm a I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a father of one. My wife is pregnant now, eight months pregnant. That's dope, bro. Congratulations, man. Appreciate you, man. I was super excited about that. That'll be it, too, and no more. <laughs> Keep it a pushing. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I have a history of doing a couple of different entrepreneurial ventures, but I think my most the most notable ones have been those involved in real estate and doing um, uh, restaurants with my brother. Uh, on, a, on a passionate side, I'm also an artist. I've been a hip-hop artist my, my entire life, damn near, probably since the age of six or so. So I have released a number of different albums. I've I had the benefit of doing a song with Black Thought from the Roots. I had the honor oh. of opening up for Bilal. You know, I've done a number of number of, of projects, EPs, little mixtapes, all of that. Uh, I think that that would never escape me. I just recorded a song just two days ago. My son absolutely loves music, so there's, there's no, no surprise on that. He looks nothing like me. I think my wife got all the love. But he definitely <laughs> is a music head. He is definitely a music head. He be rapping and all that. So that's, dope. Uh, that, that's also a part of me that I think is very significant. And I, I always like to mention when describing who I am. That's dope. Now, now let me ask you, where does your passion lie now? Because, you, you know, you, you name multiple things. Where, you know, where are you at now? Like, what, what's the thing that's fueling you? Yeah, I mean, it's such a good question. It's such a good question. I mean, I think for me, it's a, it's, it's it's so hard to pick that into one 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 component. To be honest, I mean, I, I'm I'm really finding myself really enjoying the ability to share information that I know, which is something that I would do musically, but I've also been doing it through Instagram, Dope. on my black and white series yes, sir. page. Yes, sir. You know, where I am directly giving game, right? I'm directly yeah. putting people on to things that I've come across as a business person, as an attorney. And I don't think that the topics I'm addressing are oftentimes addressed for people who are interested in business and looking to become more business savvy. 
business law is oftentimes left off the table. You'll hear about, you know, people always talk about uh, what it takes to be, you know, an entrepreneur and, and, and the passion you have to find and finding your purpose and like, how do you manage a team and all of that. But not many times do we dive into the nitty gritty of some of the business law issues, which I think is actually business strategy. So mm-hmm. being able to, de- to, del- to devolve that information just in a very casual kind of format, that, that is something that has definitely been sparking my passion a lot more than other things. As you probably know, I've been releasing those videos on a pretty consistent basis, more yes, so sir. than releasing any kind of music, for example. That's you know? dope. So, so let me um, ask you this. I, I, like, yeah. I, I don't, don't want to cut you off. but Yeah, no problem. Um, so when it comes to your Black and White series, what are, like, I guess, the most uh, like, asked question that you normally get? as it pertains to business and especially when it comes to business law? Yeah. A lot of people ask me about partnerships, to be honest. I mean, that's okay. probably one of the bigger, bigger things. You know, Renze, I, I, I'm a partner with, you know, one of my business owners, co-business owners, and I'm trying to figure out how to manage X relationship. People oftentimes ask that question a lot. I also get some kind of nuanced specific questions such as, you know, what's a trademark, what's a trademark versus a copyright, mm-hmm. when do I need to get this trademark to protect my company, et cetera, et cetera. So I kind of get little nuanced IP-related questions sometimes. But I, it's, it's usually overall about business structure and partnerships. Okay. Now, 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 now I have a friend, right? He, he's a lawyer. He said, he said uh, black people need to have three things, right? Uh, real estate property um he said the other one was intellectual property and cash liquid being liquid um and it seems like you know I, I can't get into your cash flow but it seems like you're you know with the real estate and even with your with with your music and your uh instagram you're building an ip right intellectual property um yeah absolutely uh how valuable is that for um for for us at, to to know those entities and to have those three entities as uh, black people. I mean, listen. Not, I don't think real estate's for everybody necessarily. Mm-hmm. As far as being a real estate investor, that's mm-hmm. a that's a means to acquire assets. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, I always feel like land is something that is great to own. And so, for our community in particular, what I always talk to my wife about is many times we're complaining about what we're not getting or who's not giving us something. And when I say we, I don't just mean black people. I mean people who are who have been placed in society in a marginalized capacity. Mm-hmm. It's like you you've held me down, and I need X, Y, and Z. You oftentimes don't have to have that conversation if you're financially stable, right? So if I'm really comfortable on my own, and you don't control my outcome, then I don't need you for anything. Mm-hmm. And so to me, my one of the biggest things we can do, besides like just being proud of who we are and what we look like and how we talk and how we walk and dealing with those insecurities that we keep facing to this day, having economic stability is crucial, right? I want to make sure that my family is financially stable. So when it comes to things like real estate, when it comes to owning any kind of assets that can, that can be income-producing assets, to me, that's a huge thing for the community. It's huge. Because if, if you can cover yourself financially, then I don't, I don't really care what you do with your, you know, your kind of health care plan. I can afford it regardless. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm, I, I, don't, I don't I don't care what you do for your kind of social benefits. 
uh, what you're doing with WIC because I don't need it. Mm-hmm. You know, so to me, it's it's really it's a really really important thing to make sure that the economic stability of the community is crucial. So, I, I, and I cat, agree, I agree. Yeah, uh, and and so let me let me let me ask you this because when you talk about assets, what are some assets yeah. that we need to start having, um, and how can we start right? Because you know, because when people yeah. look at, and I'm using like you said, real estate isn't for everybody. So right. if it's not for everybody. What are some assets that uh, a person who doesn't want to get into real estate might not want to have land? What are some other things that you think are, are viable for us? Yeah, I think any asset that is income producing, any asset that adds value. You mm-hmm. know, so we we like to acquire a lot of things that make us feel like we're rich, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's a chain or whether it's a a particular car. My my thing is you want to acquire something that you can pass on to someone else and that either is income producing or at a later point can can appreciate in value to the point where you sell it and you have a profit, mm-hmm. right? Ideally, a, a long-term capital gains tax situation or if not long-term capital gains, no, 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 cap, no, no, no tax if you can avoid it. I mean, there's certain ways you can if you look at these different opportunity funds that exist, you have this, this way of avoiding taxation on appreciation. Mm-hmm. So that could be any of that. Real estate is one. And if you like real estate, go ahead and do it. A lot of people do it, but you don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, you also could invest in, in other businesses. Okay. A, a lot of people are pushing towards like kind of being hashtag a boss, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> hashtag I'm my own boss. Yeah, and yeah, I respect yeah. that. But many of us are owning businesses that aren't worth nothing. Mm. Right, I, I, you could be a boss, great. But if you're a boss of something that is keeping you broke, I'd rather you be an employee somewhere else, get that bread, and invest in something that can give you more. Right? It's about mm-hmm. you owning assets. So, and you can invest in businesses in order to acquire that. And investing in businesses, I mean, that could be debt or that could be equity investments. Mm. Let's, right? let's, let's, now, now, when you say in debt, what can you explain that? Yeah, sure. So when I say debt versus equity, I mean uh, debt meaning money that you are um, lending to someone mm-hmm. right, on a fixed interest or a variable interest and you get that back versus equity is I'm going to buy an ownership stake in your company, which may grant me voting rights. It may not grant me voting rights, but I'm a, I'm a co-owner in the business. Whether right. I own 1%, 2% or 50%, 70%, I'm a co-owner in the business. So I'm eating off of the profit. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I give a debt, I can say, hey, uh, you're starting this whole concept. Cool. I'm going to give you $10,000. I'm going to charge you a 15% interest rate. You pay me back in the year, right? You know, um, and I get uh, 1.5K at the end of the year. Great. Perfect. Right? Like, so that, that those are two different ways you can invest. I think people always think about investing as far as ownership goes. Mm-hmm. To me, it's about investing, whether it be debt or equity investment. And, and mind you, debt can be converted into equity. Of course, and equity can also be converted into debt. Uh, I don't mean to use them in kind of like opposite terms that they have nothing to do with each other. They can blend with each other, but that's an that's a way to invest. That's a, that's a way to invest to actually cough up some bread and and give it to somebody who you think is trustworthy and let them work and get it back to you. And I think that people sleep on that or think because they only have, I don't know, $500 or $100 that there's no point for them to invest mm. because they'll only get a, you know, a 10% return on their measly $500. But this is how you grow. If you, if you keep doing that and keep doing that and you happen to get into good investments, you can keep going. And what it does is it puts you in the mindset of an investor. 
And when you're in the mind state of an investor, especially a savvy one, you just start looking at the world differently. Mm, that's 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 great. Now, um, this is not where I wanted to go, but I'm loving this conversation, bro. Um, so so now, like with with everything that's happening right now uh, with the economy, people are investing. The people are not investing, but they're talking about stock. Is 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 that a good investment? Is that an asset for for us to 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 dive into? I think so. I'm not a I'm not a individual stock investor. I don't study a company that's publicly traded mm-hmm. and then say, I'm going to buy a thousand shares with that company and hold on to it and see what they do. I'm not really one of those kind of investors. I think I'm not, I'm not saying you can't be. Some people do that. Some people do day trading. This is not my, my particular avenue. For mm-hmm. me, I kind of throw it in there and without using my 401k, right? Okay. Kind of, uh, I'm invested in stock and debt through that. And I just kind of follow the index. Right? Okay. I just follow the index. I mean, okay. a lot of, Mutual funds cannot beat the index, and that's probably why Vanguard is so popular because Vanguard has so many different index funds that tend to have less fees and significantly outperform those very actively trading, traded fund managers. So I do think that we should invest in uh, stocks and bonds and, and commodities and all that good stuff you have access to on a particular tax-free basis, at least, at least from your initial investment, through a 401k, especially if you have a company that's matching any portion of your contribution, because that can certainly certainly lead to, to wealth development. So mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of that. But on an individual stock-by-stock basis, knowing what this company's doing and all of that, that's not, that's not something I particularly delve into. Okay, so, so all right, so when we talk about stock, or when we talk about 401Ks, right, that's more, mm-hmm. you're playing more so the long game, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. So, so what what I tend to see is, like, if you're, if you're in a, an employee, right, um, you invest in in your 401k um and then people just work their their regular 9 to 5 um then what happens is is uh a crisis might come up um there's you know other bills that might come up uh how does that that person uh start getting a little bit more cash flow you know because uh the 401k is the long game but this person needs you know to hit that, uh, they need a little bit more cash flow just to get above the uh, the fray. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, this is what you got to understand, man. If you don't have a substantial amount of money to invest, you're not going to probably be able to secure a substantial cash flow unless you do it through other people's money. Mm. So with the 401k situation, yeah, that's, that's a long-term game. I don't recommend anybody really borrow money on their 401ks. You put your money in on a pre-tax basis, you let it accrue, you let it accrue on a pre-tax basis, and you only pay taxes when you pull out of the 401k, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you shouldn't touch that. That's not your day-to-day money. If you're looking to do something outside of what you just get from your 9-to-5, outside of your 401k, that can lead to some type of residual income on an ongoing basis while you're alive and getting it, then that's when you push towards other assets, and that's probably why people tend to push towards real estate, because you could have no money mm-hmm. and make money mm-hmm. in real estate. You could have no money and make money. I mean, you could have no money and make money in a couple of different businesses. But with real estate, it's like, listen, I can say, oh, yo, Al, I found a mixed-use mix property downtown North. There's two residential units on the second, second and third floor. There's a commercial space on the first floor. I found, I found it. The deal was difficult to obtain. The price they're offering is $400,000. If you, if you check any comps in the local area, you see it's really worth 
Mm -hmm. But the person I know wants to get out of it. They own the whole thing outright. So if we buy it for 400K, they're going to just be in love anyway. They trust me. They know me. I've helped them out in the past. They think I'm a good dude. They want me to buy it. So I want to buy it. I'm bringing the deal to you, though. So I already have a a, a hard money lender ready to offer me a 7.2% interest rate to buy the property and make renovations. I just need a down payment that's about 15%. Mm. You get down me on it. We could split the profits 50-50. What's up? And you're like, yo, I'm in. You cough up the money. We rent the place out. I'm getting 50% of all the all the rents on it, right? 50% of all the net profit from the property. I came up with no money. I just found the deal, mm. right? So from a real estate perspective, you can do that and create something that might be a – you know, that's a, that's a respectable – income flow like mm-hmm. a respectable one something yeah, that yeah. could be like you know two g's a month three g's a month maybe yeah. if you really play it right okay. right so you can so you have to get creative if you want a real meaningful return otherwise you can more so invest your money passively whereas you come to me and say oh Renzi, i heard you started a real estate fund great i heard the minimum commitment was five thousand dollars i'd like to contribute five thousand dollars and i say okay great give it to me I'm expecting to get you a return anywhere between 10 and 15%, and you give me $5,000. That's not going to result in you getting $1,500 a month, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to result in you getting a, a handsome return if I really stick to my 10 to 15%, like I told you. But it's not going to get you a substantial amount, but that's a passive investor. Mm-hmm. You're not doing that much to get it. You're just throwing me money, and I'm working it. Okay, okay. Right? I got you. So, so those are the kind of things that you can do to get more money kind of on a on an active living kind of basis it's just a matter of how much you want to be involved in the management of it or in the securing of a deal in it which will determine how much of a reward you can expect to receive oh man that's great now um i want to just go back to the the, the when you you made the analogy or you made the example of the guy who 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 could get into real estate with with no money down you know based on his relationships um yeah one of the biggest things that I've noticed about you is um, as it pertains to your business and even the, what you're doing with your uh, investment, uh, what, what, your, what was your private equity? What, yep, me, private equity fund. Yes, your yep. private equity fund is that you, uh, you're building great relationships with people. You've built great relationships with people. Um, and as yep. you said earlier, you people ask you about partnerships. Um, what are some things that uh, people need to look for when they're looking for a partner in business? Well, I think the question depends upon what kind of partner you're looking for. As mm-hmm. far as like, uh, you know, is this somebody who I'm going to co-run a business with, or is this somebody who's going to be just quote unquote a partner with me in a deal? Right? There's a there's a difference there. Mm-hmm. So if you're talking about you and me are about to start a restaurant like my brother and I did. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a very different type of assessment <laughs> compared to uh, I'm going to be the managing member of a LLC and I'm going to run the whole thing. And you're going to be a passive member in the LLC, right? Okay. It's, a, it's a different context. So if you take the first one, what I what I would not really recommend is 
you know somebody in the industry who's kind of doing something you're doing, and then all of a sudden you guys decide to start a company together, some long-term kind of company together. Like you just do not know the person. You mm-hmm. just don't know. The person could be savvy. The person could be smart. But you, you know, to me, it takes a while. This is a long-term relationship, mm. right? And you're sharing money. I mean, things can go south in a very uncomfortable kind of way. Mm. So you need to make sure that person is somebody who you like as a person. Mm. Not just that person, somebody who is who seems smart, who I heard is doing this, who I heard has money. That person could be smart, savvy, and be an ass. <laughs> like very much so. So who cares? Like who cares? Yeah. If you have, you have to actually like the person, try to find somebody who has a value similar to you. If I tell that partner, "Yo, man, I gotta take care of my son tonight," and that person ain't doesn't have kids, and or maybe can't relate to that, or thinks that I'm slacking because. I want to take care of my son tonight. My son has a fever. Like, we're not going to vibe. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're just not going to vibe. Yeah. You got to understand, Renzi don't play around with it when it comes to his kids. So if I find somebody who just can't be in alignment with those kind of values, we can't rock out. So, like, I think the values, liking the person, you sincerely wanting to see that person succeed, to me, is just like that person-to-person interaction that you have to just learn. You can't get there at the first interview. Mm-hmm. You just can't. And you have to, you have to, you also have to have somebody who is extremely devoted to the business the same way you are, mm-hmm. very much devoted. That person is about that life. If you can't make something, they're going to step up, so that you know, you know that they have your back. And and when you when you know that, that's huge. Another aspect is which kind of ties to the value is just integrity, like overall integrity. Mm-hmm. I remember when my brother and I were in the restaurant. This was early in the game. I feel like this was like the second at least the first half um, of the first two quarters of opening HLS. Mm-hmm. And he was making a big batch of the, uh, the arcane sugar kind of solution mm-hmm. that we use for the smoothies. Mm-hmm. And that they still use today. Yeah, they still use today, even though I got to say, I don't think the formula is, is precisely the same formula <laughs> we were using. I think, <laughs> I think, I think somebody change the three into a four or six into a two or something happened with a four just got thrown off. No, I feel you. Uh, but, but, but they, but yeah, I'm just joking. I think they're doing a good job. Um, uh, but, but I remember he made this whole big batch, fresh batch and somebody had grabbed a rag and it grazed the tip of the water solution, like the cane sugar solution. It just mm-hmm. grazed it a little bit, but it was a rag that the person had just used to wipe the table. So my brother's like, oh, come on, man. You got to be more careful. He takes the whole batch and puts it in the sink. Mm. And I'm like, yo, bro, the whole batch? He said, yo, man, the the rag touched it. <laughs> I was like, yo. I mean, that that level of integrity was crazy to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That level of integrity blew my mind away. Like, this dude, like, anyone would have probably left it alone or just, like, grabbed a spoon and poured out the first, you know, I don't know, first first couple of ounces or so. Where we where he where you think the rag will be touched, or compromise the whole solution, but he poured the whole thing away. Mm. Things like that that will let you know a person's integrity is crucial. Things that how how somebody's acting when no one's looking, mm. Mm. when the customers don't see you, right? that- The customers don't know what's going on. The customers have no clue. It's just you and the other person. And in fact, they choose the route that is more expensive simply because of their integrity. Things like that are, to me, just very, just very, very important. I mean, I think, obviously, there's the underlying component of somebody being competent, understanding what value they're bringing. Hopefully, you'll find somebody that's not you again. Mm -hmm. 
because that's not a good look necessarily. Yeah, yeah, My yeah. brother was a ultra creative, jump out the window, headed to go buy something that's worth $10,000, but he only got $5 in his pocket, still <laughs> going like he's going to get it. Like, I'm the super calculated, how do we get there? We're not spending money on that. We can't take our money unless our employees get paid. We need to make sure everything's above the books here. Like, I'm that guy. Mm-hmm. We literally were like polar opposites, I feel like, in that kind of respect. Mm-hmm. But we all had the same vision. We, we both had the same vision. We both had the same desire. All of that, we met in the middle. And I think the middle was a very happy medium, ultimately, for the customers. So, so what did that... Was different, different skill sets than you is, cru- is crucial. That's dope. So what did that conversation look like? So if you, if so if your brother he wanted to get something and you you was calculated what did that conversation look like oh yeah we used to, we used to go at it man like <laughs> not in any kind of real beefing way necessarily uh-huh. but my brother used to be making requests and i used to be like yo man you're bugging like we're not <laughs> doing that man like yeah, you are yeah. actually but I, i'm like all right we doing that but don't expect to get any money out of hls for the next couple of months if we gonna do that like that's how i used to be He's like yo man you bugging we probably can do this like it would just be a back and forth man you know there was some Sometimes I felt like he would he jumped out the window a bit when I wasn't around. <laughs> my, when my wife and I went over and went on uh, our honeymoon in South Africa. We were gone for almost 14 days. And during that time, my brother snapped and did all types of stuff in the restaurant. I came back home. I was just like, what? We were closed. It was all renovations happening. But there was a whole new design in the front. And all he told me he was going to do before I left was redo the floors. That's all he's supposed to do. That's funny. And I was telling him, like, yo, see if you could do it. See if the person could do it in the middle of the night so we don't have any interruption. With the next day, I came back. It was a complete different design spot. I had to call for, like, $6,000 when I landed to get a new walk-in refrigerator. I remember the whole thing being just like, what? <laughs> so some of that had us at odds, right, where I felt like he was kind of jumping out the window a bit without my formal consent. But we go back and forth. We go back and forth, and sometimes I would win, and sometimes he would win. That's how we did it. That's dope. All right, so. Michael Jordan, Shaquille O'Neal, the late, great Kobe Bryant. What do they all have in common? It's not that they just won championships. It's more than them winning four rings, five rings, or six rings like Mike. They all had a coach, and that coach was Phil Jackson. He helped them through the process, and that's my goal is to help you through the process with our coaching sessions. When you come to me, I want to see you develop in the area of leadership, team and culture building, and conflict resolution. And this is very important to me, emotional intelligence development. So I don't want to see you just be good. I want to see you be great. Go to www.mralhardy.com forward slash coaching sessions. Promo code Owls Chicken and Waffles. I love it. So as as a as because you you guys are brothers, right? Um, as yep. as as family, how did like did you guys have a contract uh, prior to the the partnership? Like, and what did that look yeah, like? Yeah, we yeah. I, I mean, I tend to like to do things formally, so we had an LLC agreement, and I can't say it was the most thorough one. And I will always also say that I definitely let family come before business mm-hmm. when I work with my brother. There's mm-hmm. things that there's no there's things that I would allow him to do that I would never allow a business person to do. I would never <laughs> no, no my business partners I would never allow him to do it ever. Or I would come at them completely different afterwards. There were certain things my brother got away with because he was my brother. And yeah, I'm sure yeah. he probably would say the exact same thing to you. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. about me. 
we I just it was it was personal. It was definitely personal. It was business, but it was also very personal. And um, you know, so we I would let certain things slide, and it was it just was what it was because of that. It never that we definitely had issues as business as as business partners. We certainly disagreed on certain things that ultimately led us to like you know sell off certain assets we had together and all that. Because I think that was the best move for us for sure. Mm-hmm. It didn't turn into anything where I left hating him or he left hating me or we left beefing. But there were certainly a number of scenarios that tested that a bit. Yeah, yeah, so I, yeah. I definitely can see how people can get involved in business with their friends or their family and just not speak anymore because of something that went down. Because money's involved and livelihood's involved. And that you know, that combination is a is a deadly one if not played carefully. Wow. Wow. So you went from so you went from HLS and now when you was at HLS the restaurant, um, were you investing into uh you had two restaurants, correct? Correct. And then from there, you also were you in real estate at that time, or? Yep. Yeah. So first, first H plus Maplewood, then H plus Montclair. Then after that, I was involved in real estate again. None of my own money. Parted up with a friend of mine, Cornelius Crawford, excellent real estate guy. Okay. Known him for years since I was in college. And we got down together, and I, I never put up bread for that. Um, but to be honest, the first, the first, first real estate investment came before HLSs. Okay. So I got down with my brother on a property downtown Newark, forty-five Halsey Street. Okay. And that was while I was still in. Uh, that, was, that was that was right after law school. That was right after law school, or right around the time of law school, like right my tail end of law school. Okay. I think my brother got the property back in 2006, if I'm not mistaken. So shortly thereafter, he was having some financial trouble and was like, listen, if you help me cover this, we, we can get down this property together 50-50. So my, my first real estate investment was with him back then. So that, that preceded the HLSs. But then I started getting involved in real estate for real, like really on the ground floor. when We, we were finding houses, working with investors to put up the money, knocking down houses and, and building them brand new. So it was new construction. It wasn't no cute fix and flip. It was new construction. That was my introduction to real real estate investing. And I did about um, eight properties or so with my man Cornelius in like Madison, Chatham, Berkeley Heights areas. That's dope. And uh, that was love. So that happened while, while I had the restaurant. So And so, my wife would, would manage the restaurant for me. Oh, that's fly. So we're we going to get into that real quick. But now let's talk mm-hmm. about Cornelius, right? Um, yeah. You said that you, you guys met... He kind of put, you said he kind of put everything, put the money up and everything like that? Yeah, so Cornelius didn't put up his own brand. Again, we worked with investors. Okay, okay. So I came in and I said, listen, I'm interested in real estate. He said, yo, man, I'm working on four projects right now. I could use help. I know you're interested. Let's get rocking. And so I, I really joined him kind of like as an apprentice, to be honest. Okay. And he was like, listen, all right, if you rock with me, I'm going to slide you X amount and I'll give you this portion of every deal. Let's work it. And I was essentially his, like, second-in-command guy. I also was his GC, his, like, co-GC, GC in the sense of general contractor, mm-hmm. as well as GC in the sense of uh, general counsel. Okay, <laughs> right? okay. I would, I would prepare some investment agreements for him, and I would review them. I would review debt-related agreements. You know, I would help him structuring the business as well. And we just, it was just an overall type of thing. Okay. Overall type of how can, I, how can I play a role in the system this and this, this business you got going on. I rocked with him for a solid two years straight. 
in that whole process. Um, eventually, we departed after I found somebody who was a good kind of quote unquote handyman to really man the guys in his absence, and it didn't really make sense economically for me to keep sticking on the way I was sticking on. So I told him I'm gonna fall back and. You know, ultimately, I like to still invest in real estate, and if I got some bread, I probably will rock with him. What's so interesting, the deal that I just secured was with him last last week. So that's, <laughs> that's dope. dope. That's dope. So, so from what it is that I'm hearing, it, you you had it was some sweat equity that that you was putting in. Um, Absolutely, though I wasn't getting traditional equity in his company, but I was getting a, a I guess an equity piece in each investment. Okay. So okay. every time it's sold, I'd get X amount, so to speak. So, so, so how was, important was, is that, right? How important is putting in sweat equity, like when, in looking for a partner, or in 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 you being a partner with somebody else? How how important is that? I always say you have to figure out what you're determining your equity ownership in the business on. Mm. Is it based upon sweat equity, or is it based upon cash? Sweat mm. equity cannot be necessary at all if you got cash, mm. or if you find the deal. Yeah. Um, right. It's like, if I, if I got a million dollars, like, so for example, we had one investor that was a rich dude. He would give us you know, 1.2, $1.3 million, his own personal cash mm-hmm. to make the investment. What, what does he need to do? He, he, he needs no sweat equity, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. He'd give us the 1.2, we would work everything. We'd be doing sweat equity and then he would just get his bread back. Mm-hmm. So sweat equity is only required if it's necessary for you to earn your keep in the company. Okay. So it's just a matter of how you structure your investment and whether you have money or not, which will impact that. If you don't have money, then you put your work in and that can result in something and you hope it works into something. If you do have money, your sweat equity might be less necessary. Mm, all right, that's dope, that's dope. Now, I want to kind of transition into, now, you, you know, you and your wife, because you and your wife, you, you guys do business together, correct? Yeah, anything that I do, I consider I consider it to be hers. Okay, okay. Um, and what does that? Uh, how how does she help you, or how do you help each other in that? Uh, in like, I guess that decision making process. What does that look like? You know. Yeah, well, the the I would say the thing that we really kind of get down with together is the real estate fund. Mm-hmm. I'm probably like way more hands-on i mean i talked to all the different investors i probably i draft all the 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 emails i'm i'm oftentimes the one mainly checking out the properties i'm doing the the kind of investor analysis the economic analysis i'm 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 the in the front in the front guy kind of really running things but she does a great job of researching Mm. she's a great she's a great job of helping me host events so before we decide to do the the set off the fund, she was the one that was like, let's just have a real estate interest meeting in, in January. This, this is for okay. 2019. And she mm-hmm. was saying this back in December 2018. Okay. And I'm like, ah, babe, why don't we kind of figure out how we're going to structure things first? She was like, we need to kind of just go ahead, babe. I'm really excited about doing this. Let's do it. So she pushed me to kind of get that cracking. Now, she was like, you're going to be speaking during the whole thing, <laughs> but, right? Mm-hmm. But, but she pushed me to do it. So what did she do? She put together the package that we gave people mm-hmm. about who we are, our backgrounds, all the different comps that she's looking in the area for for the for the type of property that we're looking to invest in. She had she did mad research. She put all that together. On top of that, she prepared all of the food, the little the kind of finger foods and stuff that we have for the event. I mean, she's an event she's an event planner at heart, mm-hmm. and she's an incredible chef. Yeah, so like I, she I put attest. that whole. 
Uh, she's the bomb. Yeah, you already yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. So she she put that whole thing together. Put that whole thing together. I mean, that's her. That's how she gets down. She'll do tons of research. I mean, when I say tons of research, there'll be a spreadsheet with like 85 properties that she'll type in. And she'll type in the owners, the, the purchase price, the sale price, the tax amount. Like, I'm just like, Tasha, did you input all these fields one by one? Mm. And she's like... Yeah, I'm like, when? When did you do it? Like, I don't know. When did that happen? Like, did I go to sleep and you stay up till 5 o'clock in the morning? Like, when did this happen? She's like, babe, you know, it's like, this is what I do. So I don't like to do that. <laughs> like, I, I don't like to do that aspect. But she loves to do it. Me, I talk to the investors. I'm more of a salesperson. So I'm working that. You know, I'll be on a site. Like, I'm, I'm working all that. She'll kind of handle that behind-the-scenes situation. And But when it comes to decisions, you know, whether to do something or not, we just present it. I, I'm usually the one that has some kind of crazy idea, and I'm pushing it to her, and she gives me her perspective, and I really value her perspective. Mm. It's not a situation where I'm like, yo, babe, I got way more experience than you in, in real estate, so do as I say, or, or you're not a part of the ship. I'm like, yo, mom, I'm thinking about doing X. What do you think? You know, she gives me her perspective. Now, I, I might have a lot of opinions, and I'm very opinionated. I'm not just <laughs> like, a, oh, you don't want to do it? No problem, guy. <laughs> nah, you're going to have to convince me a little bit why you don't think it's a good look. But, but I mean, it's it's definitely I br- it's definitely got to bring it to her. We talk about it. She's with it, and then I'm then I'm off to the races. That's dope. And, and the reason I, I bring this up, right, because I was at that first uh, meeting. Um, but also in your black and white series, you talked um, about uh, guys not being ready to make that commitment to 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 their uh, to their girlfriends, wives, uh, significant mm-hmm. others, and yeah. And that really, I think, spoke, you know, value, um, volumes, right? And in that, and in that, you you talked about uh, how the two add value to each other, right? Absolutely. Uh, uh, and and a lot of times, guys aren't aren't ready, but you're getting with somebody who is ready, and you just have to really put yourself in a position to make that step because yeah. she's gonna help you out. You, you, yeah, you know, you know exactly. what I mean? Can you just kind of elaborate on that, please? Yeah, I mean, I think people have this perception, dudes have this perception of, oh, I need to get myself established economically and know my vision, know who I am before I get with my lady. And it's just like, yo, man, I don't know why you think that that's the right move. I, I, like, who told you that that's what's up? Oftentimes, being with the lady who watched, who who was with you from you not having that much into evolving something stronger, like you know that person's down for you for who you are. I mean, mm-hmm. you know how difficult it must be for celebrities who are who blow up and find themselves in a very economically fortunate situation to decipher who's with me because I blew up or who's with me because they like me for who I am. Mm-hmm. I guess, how do you know? How, how do you know? I mean, you, you're attractive when you are popular and when you have money, period. So, you know, it's it's difficult to figure that out. And people are waiting until they get into that mode before they say they're going to give us somebody. And I, I'm just saying that that could very well be your trajectory. And if that's the case, that's perfectly fine. And sometimes people grow and not grow their people, right? You know, and that's I true. get that too. You shouldn't mm-hmm. not grow them for the wrong reasons. Like, oh, I had mad options. I have mad options now. I didn't have mad options five years <laughs> ago. So let me just play my devoted, fantastic lady because now I got women I couldn't get before now check it for me like that's foolish yeah. but I'm talking about like a, a sincere outgrowth somebody which would have happened whether there was money or not you know um, so I, but but 
like for me, when you're with a lady who is official, who's with you, who respects you, who respects your grind, and and you're demonstrating that you're somebody that's worthy of that respect. You're not pursuing something fruitlessly. You're not pursuing. You're not saying. You're not doing a lot of talking and saying you're doing something, but you're just BSing. Like so, you're earning that respect as well. When that person works with you, man, that's somebody who you really build this world with. Yeah, mm-hmm. you really build your little personal world with. It's an incredible asset. There's Definitely. some things that I just would be. I would have a really difficult time doing if I didn't have my wife, particularly now that we have children. Definitely. I think when no children are involved, you could you could move a little differently. Mm-hmm. I would admit that. Mm-hmm. But you start adding children to the equation, and I know I need to go dip off and do X, and I know my wife can hold it down. Or I'm planning a real estate interest meeting, and I don't have to worry about this food. My wife's going to do that whole thing. I just got to show up. Like, that helps a lot. It helps a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's difficult to balance all of these different things we have going on. So your woman being in the position to help you become what you need to become, and you are, and you, uh, you know, in turn helping her become who she who she needs to become. You guys are better off. I mean, th- think about it. You know, uh, uh, um, most men uh, that divorce have a hard time acquiring wealth. Mm. You know, mm. divorce is one of the leading reasons that one could just not find themselves in a in a wealthy position. If you if you have any question on that statement, then talk to anybody who's going through a divorce. That's true. <laughs> it's it's it, you definitely could do more when you stay together. It is painful, painful for your pockets to have a divorce. That's true. And it's not just because of divorce. It's just the fact that now you have to still meet up with your kids and still keep a roof over your head and still try to save and still X, Y, and Z with the with separately as opposed to with the person. That's that's, you know? that's, that's definitely true. And and I want to say this right now. Um, I think all of this is 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 leading right um, to to this to this point about partnership, right? Um, yeah. Like from for, for what it is that I've seen, you know, from the outside looking in, you know, from your brother to even like just the conversation you talked about, Cornelius, and to your wife, you know, you've paid attention to who you partnered with. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, and the value that they bring. And not just the value, but also, you know, what it is, and when I say value, what it is that they bring that you don't bring, right? Um, yes. And, and, how, and how important that is, you know, and then making that decision to, to, to stick together and stay with that, with, with these people, because each and every one of these relationships, you still, uh, excluding your wife, like your brother um, and Cornelius, you still have good relationships with them. Um, yep. So, from, but from a, a business perspective, how do you, um, I guess, what's the word? Get is it an out clause or like what does that look like when you want to kind of fall back? You know, what did you know? So, uh, what, what does that look like? Well, it depends on. Well, first, you mean I have an agreement. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when you say fall back, you mean no longer be a partner, right? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it just depends on the scenario. It also depends on what your agreement may say. But generally speaking, like, I mean, I could just speak on my personal situations. Like, I could also speak on them generally as an attorney, of course. But mm-hmm. the 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 main thing is, uh, I I don't want to do this anymore. You may still want to do this. If neither of us want to do it, then we neither of us care. We both are just we both sell. Mm-hmm. We're out. Mm-hmm. Easy. I want to do it. You don't want to do it. All right, I'm done. Let's just sell. Let's try to find somebody who will buy it. Let's find somebody who can get a price that we both respect. Hopefully, we both can agree on the same price and we're out. The other way is I want to leave. I'm done. I'm stopping. Effective immediately. 
No, no big warning. No, like you got to hear me, but I'm out. And the person was like, okay. And so now the person says, oh, well, uh, all right, well, I'll buy you out. Okay, great. So I'll buy you out. We agree on the price and you buy the person out mm-hmm. either immediately or over time, or you don't buy the person out over time. You buy the person out only when you can actually afford to from the company, which might happen upon sale of the company. And the person just doesn't have to devote any more time. That's it. You know, uh, or it could be based upon, you know, the kind of a, a net income situation, like your allocable portion you're supposed to get. Uh, since you're not helping me out anymore in this, we're going we're gonna, to, I'm going to only allocate you, uh, I'm going to buy you out using your allocation that was owed to you for the mm. business on a go forward basis. That's kind of like a paying over time situation too. Okay. Um, so, you know, it could be, it could be that scenario, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes people can have a, a, a really big disagreement on how they should depart. Yeah, and that's that's what I want to talk about because you just talked right. about divorce, right? And and a lot of times yeah. the the emotional value part of of things kind of get missed. You know, especially if you have g- good relationship, you made a decent amount of money, but it's just time yeah. for one person to leave and somebody else to leave. Have you ever like not with with your partners, but have you ever counseled anybody in a business from a business perspective in in like, you know, on how to exit out of a contract or something of, of that nature? Yeah, so I represented a group of four people. It was a husband and a wife, and a friend of the husband, and a friend of the wife, and the acquisition of a restaurant in New Jersey. And they acquired the restaurant. I asked them if they had an LLC agreement to handle the internal relations between the you know, among the members. And they said they had an agreement. They found something online. And I said, well, I understand you found something online, and that's better than nothing, maybe, but you probably should have somebody review it like myself to make sure that it covers what you need to cover for your particular scenario. Mm-hmm. And he said, say, I think we're good. You know, everybody's really happy about the purchase of this restaurant. The restaurant seems to be very successful. Okay, great. And this is before they, they purchased it? This is yeah before they purchased it. Uh, they already had an LLC agreement. Okay. But the LLC agreement, like I said, was something they got offline. Mm. They purchased it. You know, I represented them in the acquisition. Mm. Done. They purchased it, kept the pushing. Then, maybe about a year later, there was a big turmoil. The husband and the wife were divorcing. Mm. And the friend of the husband and the friend of the wife were kind of just caught in the middle of this whole thing. Mm. The husband's showing up to the restaurant with his new girlfriend. He's showing up to the restaurant with his new, his new lady, kind of walking around, telling everybody what to do, and telling this person what to do. Like, <laughs> like it, just, it, it was just a bad look, right? The, the, the ex-wife is there. And I don't, even think, I don't even think they were formally divorced by, when he was doing this. Wow. So it was a big thing. Um, and he was heading out back to... Well, back back to his hometown, which is outside of the country, and he wanted out of the restaurant. And he wanted his money back. It was just it was just a very disgusting situation. Mm. And so it was me and these four business partners, and we had a whole conversation about how to get this person out. And it was a difficult it was a difficult thing to deal with, right? Because it probably would have been less, definitely less cheaper for them to. Uh, I mean, more cheap for them to just have me prepare the agreement for them, which would have covered all different scenarios, but their agreement didn't cover when somebody wanted to leave mm. or how that person should leave. So we had to pretty much sit down and negotiate a way for this to happen. Mm. 
and ultimately we had to decide on the person getting like bought out over time at a certain amount, you know, if the company reaches a certain amount of revenues, and da, 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 that's kind of what they ended up doing. Okay. So it was a very, very tumultuous, uncomfortable, painful scenario that was not cheap and that was pretty expensive to do. Wow. So even uh, so, it's, it's, it's cheaper to know what it is that you want and know how to get out of the situation. Um, it, or it, it should be in your I, contract even before yes, you even... absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. What if you want to transfer... What if me and you start a business together? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and I'm like, yo, man, um, let's, say, let's, say we start, let's say we do a, a real estate investment together. So that's mm-hmm. real estate. Okay, you and I start... We're doing a fix and flip. I'm in it. I'm 50... We're, we're like halfway through the build. And I'm like, yo, Al, I want out. And you're like, what? I'm like, yeah, I want out. And you're like, uh, but like, you're supposed to be helping me do this. It's like, yeah, man, I, I know, but I got somebody else. They're going to buy me out. I think that we're, I think the value of this real estate, I think the value of my percentage of interest of, the, of this real estate venture is $100,000. Mm. I got somebody else about to come in. They're going to pay me $100,000, and they're going to be me instead. And I'll still be around. I'm not going to disappear from you, bro. Like, you call me, you have questions. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm still a good guy. Like, call me, you have questions. But my man's coming in. Mm. Now, you're just kind of like, First of all, you might feel a certain kind of way that I'm selling a portion of my interest. Like I'm selling my interest for 100k, mm-hmm. right? You might, you might just feel funny about that. Like, I, I don't know how I feel about you getting 100k from somebody else that I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, even if I tell you the guy's a good guy, like you have no say over that. Mm-hmm. Like, you should, you should listen. There's so many different things that go into this. There, I mean, like, there's so many different things that go into it. one. You should think about who has the right to transfer their interest to somebody else. Who has the right? And should there be any consent involved? Al, should you have to agree to that consent? What if I want to transfer my interest to my wife? What if I want to transfer my interest to my son? Yeah. What if I want to transfer my interest to a wholly owned subsidiary of mine? Do you mm. still deserve to, to have a say on that? Yes or no? Mm. Right? If, you sell, if I sell my interest to somebody else, should you be able to sell your portion? Or should I be able to just do me if I want to do me? Mm. You know? What if I'm selling my interest to a, to a competitor? Do you care about that or not? Right? Are you cool with some of my interests as long as I sell it after the first three years we're in business? There's so many things you got to think about. And people aren't thinking about these different scenarios. And then something will come up, and I get hit for cash, and I tell you, yo, man, it's crazy times. I got laid off from my job. Al, I got to get out. I need to take care of my family. You feel me. Let's say you feel me. Mm-hmm. You're like, damn, yo, Arenze, I feel you, bro. It's like, yo, man, I got to get out. I found somebody that's going to give me $20,000. I'm going to give him my interest, man. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're on mine, I want to just, just get out and, and, and let you run with him. You might even emotionally feel me, but from an economic business standpoint, not like what I'm doing. Yeah. And so, like, you don't want to have these conversations when you're in this emotional state. Right? You want to have these conversations before when everybody's happy and excited to get into business together. Mm-hmm. So when ish hits the fan, we know how it plays out. Now, we can have an agreement that says X, but we can decide to do Y come the time all day all day yeah the, the agreement is not like you have to do it this way the agreement is this will be agreed upon mm. so if i happen to not like you while you and i are going through whatever change we can look through the agreement to decide what's going to happen because i'm not gonna let you get away with x or at least you have to get my written approval you feel me that's, that's dope. so wearing the black men are dope and black women are dope shirts has been pretty amazing like I would walk around and people would look at my shirt and there are some people who looked very uncomfortable but then there were people who were nodding 
in agreement and that just boosted up this sense of pride that I have of being a strong black woman as well as being having having strong black men in my life and I just want to share that message with the world and a lot of the times we think that we can only share that message from verbally you know talking about our black our black men and black women being so dope but you know what I can share that message without even opening my mouth and saying the word I just put the shirt on and walk around and let the and I let the fashion speak for itself go to www.mrihardy.com forward slash shop and put in the promo code chicken and waffles and, and, and so this is this is my last question before we wrap up and and, and I think this is important right because yeah. um like in any type of relationship uh like I've heard the, the, the saying, you're not what you're worth, you're what you negotiate. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the struggle for a lot of people is, number one, knowing their worth, but the other mm-hmm. part is knowing how to negotiate their worth, right? And is that the reason why you need a lawyer? Or how does one coach, like, how does one build up that confidence to negotiate who, you know what I mean, their worth, you know, in, in, in different well, situations? Uh, listen, lawyers can add. Let me tell you something to you. This, this is my perspective on everybody should not be skimping on. Mm-hmm. You should never skimp on your accounting. Mm-hmm. You should never skip on having a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And you should never skip on your financial advisor. Mm-hmm. People will be out here trying to trying to buy a crib for seven hundred fifty k, trying to buy the whatever the latest Audi or something, but then don't don't want to put no money towards their their legal fees. It's crazy to me. It's mm-hmm. crazy to me. Any big business, any small business owner is having attorneys involved in all of their transactions. And when I say attorneys, I don't mean any attorneys. I mean a competent attorney that knows what the hell he or she is doing. Mm-hmm. You definitely need to have that on your on your deck. You will get you will get mollywhopped if you're out here dealing with somebody like me who is an attorney and does <laughs> business, and you over here just out here naked, like, oh yeah, no problem. I don't need nobody. I'll have you do the agreement. Okay, great, no problem. I'm gonna do it. I'm going to do it with my attorney hat on. And, I, and I'm going to tell you, I advise you to get an attorney. And if you like, ah, I'm trying to save that $5,000, that $10,000, or whatever it's going to cost in legal fees, no problem. But I'm going to act like there's an attorney on the other end. I'm going to mollywop you mm. every time. And so I think that it, it, you get what you can afford, mm-hmm. right? So <laughs> you, come to the, get, you come to the table, just you by yourself, yeah. If you're going to negotiate it, you can negotiate it all you want. I'm sure you could. And if you know what your worth is, you, you request your worth. But if you don't have the legal eye, you might think the provision says X and the provision says something else. Mm-hmm. So even if you think you killed it, somebody could read it and be like, we're going to keep that real vague right here. And I bet that person doesn't even realize that that's vague. Mm-hmm. Or doesn't even realize I reduced the standard. They don't realize it, you know, because they're, they're not a trained attorney. So I think that having a team who handles your business is very important. That that advisor, financial advisor, that account, particularly the accountant and the attorneys, are everything. People never want to put up the bread for that. They don't even think about that. Mm. I got people who are like, yo, man, I'm sort of clothing line. I'm like, yo, how much are your legal fee? How much is your legal fee startup cost? They're like, what? I'm just I'm just banking on the trademark and creating. I'm like, yeah, but what about your contracts? Nobody's gonna review it. You're trying to secure our physical space. No one's going to review your commercial lease. You're going to just sign the commercial lease. Mm. The landlord 
sends you a commercial lease for for for, for ten years and a five year option, you just sign the lease. <laughs> because you saw a ten years, five year option, and you saw that the rent amount was correct, and you're done. Mm. I'm just like, yo, this is your livelihood. Either you're not taking this seriously, or you don't know no better. It's one or the other. So, 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 so. Okay, so now, now let's look at it from the the average man, right? And I agree with you, right? And the mm. but the the struggle is is that I have this dream, I have this goal. I'm ready, like you know, I'm all in, but uh, I, I might not. Yeah, I might not have the money for the legal fees. Yeah, how do you get the bread then? <laughs> Go get the bread. You ain't ready for business. That's my perspective. You're not okay. ready for business, or or you know you're walking into this mm -hmm. at a deficit, mm. and hopefully nothing happens. Hopefully it's all good. But you're walking into it as a deficit. Just because people know better, just because people know better, don't mean that they do better. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, when you yeah. when you when you're rushing and you got to hurry up and get to work, and that's that you at that red light, no cars in sight, but that damn sign says don't turn on red. You still might rock right, right? Yeah. You still might rock right. You know you shouldn't do it. If you get pulled over and you end up being way later for work because you did that. You, you 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 knew you were in that risk. So if you walk into a situation, you don't want to raise enough money to adequately run this business. Then you, then then you know what the situation is. You know you're running that risk. And and that's not just that's not just a concept that's solely with respect to legal fees. That's period. I know mad people that will start businesses just enough to get open, but do not have enough money to survive for a year or two while they're trying to build the business. Mm -hmm. So they over here uh, relying on today's revenues to pay you know uh tomorrow's rent what like you like okay well if you don't make revenues today though that's true that's true so you, you you don't give your business a fighting chance when you cut mad corners and one way to certainly cut corners is by not having an attorney involved that, that that's that's when that's how everybody cuts corners anybody who's a small 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 business owner does that name any major institution Anytime they buy something, anytime they rent something, anytime they invest in something, anytime they sell something, anytime they're considering to do diligence on buying something, they got professionals who are well-paid, who are involved. And what happens? If that professional plays games and gets it wrong, they are liable. Mm. So when I prepare a fund agreement for you, and you tell me you want to invest with me, and I send you a fund agreement that's 50 pages, and I send you disclosures that are 20 pages, and I send you a subscription agreement that are 13 pages, okay, you cannot read it. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you cannot read it. No problem. You cannot read it. But don't come at me crazy when you're like, oh, I thought this worked like this. It's like, nah, man. See, now for me personally, when I do things with folks, just because I know people don't read – and just because I know people don't get adequately represented, I always have very personal conversations with my investors. Because mm -hmm. I'm always of the moniker of, even though it says it in the agreement, don't surprise somebody with it. To me, that's, that's good business. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you dealt with an insurance company that tried to play you? That's true. Like, oh, no, nah, no, nah, we have the right to do X. No, 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 no. It's in the agreement somewhere. You're like, what? Or the bank hits you with some fees that you did. The other, the other day... Some bank hit me with some old paper statement fees. I was like, "What the hell is paper, where's this paper statement fees coming from?" <laughs> I fought it and got my money back 
because I thought it was dumb, and I told him I'm gonna pull out all my money out this bank if they don't change this, and I got my money back. But that was that was you know, and some type of like disclosure that that they just slid into my packet and didn't discuss it with me. So I think you should discuss your issues with your investors. Yeah. But listen, man, I'm telling you, you have not raised enough money. If you didn't raise enough money for your legal fees, period, and your legal fees aren't five, are, are not five hundred dollars. <laughs> legal fees are substantial. That's so cool. you will look way more official if you put me on if you put your attorney on the phone who's a competent official attorney than you show up and start asking some dumb questions like you know I want to say they're dumb questions but questions you wouldn't know if you're not a legal person like oh I don't what is in, what does this indemnification clause mean and yeah. you know what is a clawback what do you mean by clawback <laughs> like we're having the conversation about partnership agreement in the fund and you don't even know what a clawback is like yo we 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 should be you should be having somebody that's schooling you to this game so you could ask that person the questions. Mm. And I can't stress that I can't stress that any like any more, man. Like I, I'm always telling folks, just like yo, please do not sleep on the importance of taking care of your business. I will never do that again. I will, and I've done it before. I, we did it with HLS. Mm-hmm. I will never start a business without making sure I'm adequately capitalized and totally protected. I'll never do it if I can't do that. I'm just not doing it. If I'm Set twenty one, maybe have the have the room to do that. But right now, my family, nah, my my son and my wife, my kid to come and my wife, no, no, no. We're gonna make sure everything is laid out. We're gonna make sure we have enough bread secured, and then we're gonna go because I want us to actually survive and not not survive simply because I didn't take the time to raise adequate money. Because you're not gonna feel it now, but you're gonna feel it later when you're when you're constantly rubbing Peter to pay Paul. Well, you realize in your agreement you missed this key provision, this key provision that could have prevented you from getting sued. Now while you're trying to run this business, you're getting sued for the, the entire amount the business is worth. Yeah, man. That's Man, yo, this is good stuff, man. It's it's an honor to give the information. It's an honor to be a part of it. You know, it really brings me joy to to discuss this stuff. You know, I really appreciate what you're doing with this podcast and you know, I hope that people get as much information they can out of this so they can avoid the mistakes that we all made. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely, man. So no more uh, doing an agreement with a handshake. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you can avoid it, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yo, yo man, I, I, I appreciate this. I mean, I think we i've learned so much man and i'm a and this i think after this conversation is going to hold not everybody but my, myself not just everybody but up. myself accountable That's you know what i mean to to to, to to how 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 do i look for the right people to to invest with um mm-hmm. invest my time with um mm-hmm. my money with and then how do you enter into an agreement and how do you leave an agreement? So, I mean, bro, you just, you just, you just schooled this to game. Yo, um, how does everybody reach you? How can everybody reach you? Yeah, sure. So probably the, the best thing to do is to catch on Instagram. Uh, the page is the black and white series page. It's B L K A N D W H T series. I'm, I post, I try to post pretty regularly. I know I've been slipping, Slipping a little bit lately, man. It's been getting a little crazy because of the current times. But uh, you can fi- definitely find me on there. There's an email address on there. You can access me there, too. So that's probably the best way to get a hold of me. And uh, Yeah, just keep a lookout for those videos, man. And, and DM me for any, rec- for any requests, any questions you may particularly have with your business or your investing or just economic concepts generally. I'm also a big proponent of the, the concept of your family being a business. 
Mm. I really think a family is also a business. So whether you want to be a business owner or not, you're running one. So, you know, um, definitely ask me whatever questions you have, and I'd be more than happy to, to answer them in the, in the order in which I receive them. And if there's anybody who's looking for somebody, for me to come through and lecture or be a part of a podcast, provide any insight through that, don't hesitate to ask me there either. That's super dope, bro. Yo, I appreciate you, man. Tell the family I said what's up, man. And um, yo, appreciate thank, you. thank you, man. Yo, this was a Thanks. great this was a great one. Have a good one. Thank you. You too, bro. One of the biggest things I have a uh, a book that I'm about to write, and one in it is talking about friendships, and it talks about how do you choose your friends. Um, and in there, one of it is, is purpose. Prayer, um, proximity, and power. Um, I'll dive into that a little later. But in here, uh, in this episode, hopefully you got something out of that episode where you can understand that there's a purpose in finding the right partner um, in your business and in life. This is a super dope episode. So um, I want to say thank you. I want to say I appreciate you for listening. Um, and hopefully you'll learn. And, li- and you know what? Let's grow together. Have a good one.